Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Making music well into your 40s and 50s is an astonishing thing to accomplish just on its face. Especially within a genre like hip-hop where many of the greats have sadly passed away. Legends like Black Thought, Jay-Z, Nas are absolute gems in that they're not only still breathing, but they are still making music at the forefront of the hip-hop scene. Out of the three just mentioned, Black Thought is probably the one who seems to be the least affected by his senior age absolutely ripping features and solo projects in recent years with a godly skill level that has not deteriorated whatsoever jay on the other hand has certainly saw his technical ability drastically diminish over the years but hove has simultaneously leaned into this breathy sometimes offbeat style that has made his work since 2017's 444 honestly more impressive than his work prior in the decade, in my humble opinion. He's also matured as a person and as a lyricist more, diving into topics that are more thoughtful with a more nuanced and I think more socially conscious perspective as well that I definitely have appreciated. With Nas now, we have a 47-year-old rapper, legend from Queensbridge, Someone whose legacy and status has been solidified for well over the last 15 to 20 years. Nas is an artist that I've obviously loved like almost any other rap listener, but is someone that I would say is not making my favorite kind of music and hasn't been making my favorite kind of music for the better part of the last decade plus. Nas's technical ability is still mostly intact, but like with most or all of Nas's records post kind of Godson stillmatic time frame, so basically the mid 2000s, there seems to be something off. The common gripe with his music that people often cite is that it's his poor beat selection that's the problem. But I think that's a lazy argument and it's inaccurate. Nas has definitely picked good enough production for the most part over the years. Maybe not to the level that his rapping ability would demand, but I think it's been a little exaggerated to say the least. What I think has kept Nas's modern output at arm's length with me personally is his social commentary and the inconsistencies between that and his personal life and my own personal socio-political opinions. With King's Disease 2, we have the sequel to King's Disease 1, produced in full by Hitboy. Hitboy, a producer that had a very busy 
and very successful 2020, producing for the likes of Nas on KD1, but also producing for Big Sean and Benny the Butcher, and I think doing quite a good job. The star of Hitboy's career has clearly been on the ascent over the past couple years, which is now punctuated with the release of this album, which we'll be discussing now, King's Disease 2. So starting with the lyrical content from Nas on this album, in comparison with its predecessor, I think the lyrical content does come across a bit better, especially given the fact that on King's Disease 1, there was some very heavy-handed women empowerment kind of content that admittedly sounded very much in bad taste, coming from Nas, someone with very serious allegations of abuse stemming from his relationship with Khalees. So I'm happy that he doesn't venture into those kinds of territories as much on this album. But the main issues with Nas's lyrical content in this kind of back half of his career still rear their ugly head on King's Disease 2. The core issue that I see with King's Disease 2 is that just like most of the recent releases from Nas, Nas does this thing where he merges ideas of black excellence and liberation with what I call mimosa rap, where the end point of all of this struggle is just the accumulation of obscene levels of material wealth. He makes all of this sound super decadent and well-painted lyrically, he definitely does, but it doesn't give these kinds of topics the depth that I'm looking for. At some points, Nas does offer some solid commentary on issues related to poverty and violence that afflict his people, his communities that he used to be a part of, but then seems to make these disjointed jumps that connect his career and his rise to glory and fame as the way it should be, as the way life should be for all of his people if black folks were given a better chance and a better opportunity to succeed in the world when I just think he's missing the point. Because in reality, all of this extreme decadence, these mimosas, these brunches, these island getaways are contributing to the same system that is keeping his people down. And I just think it's this lack of self-awareness that makes his brand of social commentary just not resonate with me all that much. Nas, though, also dives into many reflective tales, contrasting his humble beginnings with the now wealthy life that he lives now presently on a track like Store Run, for example, which I think does come through a bit better because he's not trying to make some overarching grand value statement. He's just talking about how much has changed in his life since then. And I think obviously that's a valid and potentially interesting lyrical path to take. He also discusses wanting to escape the public eye on the strong nobody with a very fitting and impressive feature from Miss Lauren Hill. Definitely don't want to insult her by not using her preferred pronouns of Her Majesty. So Miss Lauren Hill, who did do quite a good job on this track, and I, and I was pretty pleasantly surprised because I just assumed she'd be on the hook. So getting a full rap verse from her was 
was really something nice to see. And additionally, Nas does give nice bites of rap history that I think he depicts quite well as one of the only voices left in hip-hop that can really do what he can do in terms of bringing this kind of perspective. As Nas is on the very short list of rappers that can still rap at a high level and has been in the game for long enough and at a high enough status level to give these kinds of stories that only a Nas could. So I do like that when he brings that on tracks like Death Row East, for example. Nas lyrically does have more to say on this installment of King's Disease and is more direct with it all, which I do appreciate. But yet it still has me side-eyeing some of the things that he says and some of these ideas he wants to explore because as I mentioned with that whole mimosa rap situation, I'm just not sold on it. I don't feel like Nas is the right messenger for this kind of content. Now if we move to the production, once again, King's Disease 2 is handled exclusively for the most part by Hitboy. And I think overall, King's Disease 2's sound features more interesting layers and little evolutions in beats with a slightly wider sound palette that I think was a welcomed improvement. At its best, King's Disease 1 had really tasteful keys and soul sampling, but often just felt overly tame and bland for my liking, with very simple drums and synths that did give Nas a good pocket to feel comfortable in, something that Kanye certainly did not achieve on the batch of beats he provided Nas on Nasir. But I just don't think these beats on King's Disease made much of an impact at all. King's Disease 1 also incorporated a significant amount of modern mainstream sounds and trap elements, something that was quite new for a Nas album. And other than 27 Summers, I didn't like these trappier songs at all, especially the ones that had some guests that lended their auto-tune singing, like Lil Durk on Till the War is One that definitely, definitely did not like. But yeah, on King's Disease 2 though, Hit expands on this formula with a nice blend of nostalgic elements, classy soul sampling, but adds more dynamic elements to the production that I liked. There's often beat switches, little progressions in the sound, and consistently these nice, clean but crisp drums that do add a certain punch to these beats that I think we're missing on King's Disease 1. The run from Store Run to No Phony Love, I think, really exemplified the sound of this album at its best, and reminded me a lot of the sound he gave Benny the Butcher on Burden of Proof. This musically rich instrumental style too much better fits Nas's mimosa rap style as the musical decadence matches the equally decadent lyrical content from Nas. This run of songs showed that there was a path forward to make a very strong contemporary Nas album in 2021. Songs that gave Nas a good drum-laden groove that isn't too busy letting him cook with his historically great flow, with soul and lush instrumentation that complements the decadent lyricism. 
But it's when this sound leaves this lane that I start to really lose some interest. Where trap production and modernized autotune vocals come in and just bring me out of the album. Unfortunately, KD2 has a decent amount of these more modern sounds that did not work. And it's not even like Nas himself was awkward on these tracks. Because I actually think, unlike the awkwardness and the disjointed, stilted nature of his raps on Nasir, Nas actually sounds just fine on these beats too. It's just that everything else though definitely disappoints. The instrumentals from Hitboy in these veins, I did not like. The guess did not do a good job. I was not feeling 40 side at all. It was boring. YKTV actually was a pretty fun song. It was probably the best song in this vein. But other than a strong YG feature, A Boogie with a Hoodie is, is just not my kind of artist. I don't like him pretty much ever. And on a Nas album, I definitely don't like him. So that was a big disappointment. And then also, even going back to when Hitboy wasn't in the more trappy modern bag, he still is a bit too safe on some of these tracks. He often laces these beats with these warbly synths, simple drums and kicks that again give Nas a good pocket but just lack a degree of musical adventure. They sound nostalgic but that's not enough. We know Nas is an old rapper who used to rap in the 90s. We don't need to be reminded of that 24-7. I just don't think there was enough unique texture or exciting musical flourishes that actually make these beats very impressive. It leads me to this overall thing with Hitboy is that even at his best on KD2, these beats just don't go the extra mile. If you're gonna be giving Nas these super clean, manicured sounds, go all the way with it. Make something that's truly cinematic that you'd hear on a really epic Black Album era Jay-Z track or something that Rick Ross would rap over. Instead, the best beats here still sound good, are a bit of a step up from KD1, but don't reach the bar I wish they did. Nas is good is the only time where I think the production did reach that next level because I really loved the layers and the texture on that track and I think it fit Nas beautifully and allows him to really end this album on a high note. I can definitely acknowledge that there is a bit more life and energy on King's Disease 2 versus its predecessor. There's also more of a natural chemistry between Nas and Hit that I think comes across well here. Nas seems even more in vintage form from a rapping perspective and I think he executes his lyrical ideas, even if I do have some reservations about the content of those ideas, I think he executes it all in a more natural way. That being said though, there is just a very apparent lack of memorability and replay value with KD2. On the opening track, Pressure, Nas opens this album with these grand and weighty statements that paints this picture that Nas is desperately needed to school the youth and keep the culture of rap pushing forward in a nutshell. The only problem is, is that I just don't buy it. I'll be honest, I don't buy it. I think King's Disease 2 is quite literally the opposite of that. For me, this is an album that I put on, I enjoy. Once it's over though, I'm done with it. 
I'm probably not going to go back to this album all that much. It's good, but nothing essential, nothing special. I think King's Disease 2 is a step up from King's Disease 1, but that album was something that has grown off me since I initially reviewed it in episode 8 of the show. So saying it's better than King's Disease 1 is not saying too much. I think King's Disease 2 is solid. It was a worthwhile project. I'm not mad at them for making it. I have nothing disrespectful to say about this album at all. It's good. But I don't really have the desire to play it, and I'm probably not going to go back to this album for quite a while now that I'm done reviewing it. The way I'm feeling about this album is a high 6 on 10. That's about it. I'm just not in love with this album like everyone else seems to be. So this concludes today's episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLCTV. I hope this episode gave you some fresh new perspectives on the latest rap releases, as well as a recommendation for the next great rap record to add to your collection. If you're an artist looking to level up your career, getting more gigs, album sales, merch sales, whatever it may be, I would love to help you with that by providing you artist development and writing services. So if you're interested, contact me via email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com or hit me up via Twitter or Instagram at rapmusicplugpod. I would be honored to lend my expertise and help you grow your career as an artist. And also for regular rap fans that just want to hear more quality commentary on the genre, follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well. For exclusive content and updates related to the show, follow the Rap Music Plug podcast on Facebook to help the show grow and ensure that everyone's listening to the best rap music at all times. Follow the show on the podcast platform of your choice. Make sure you leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts so that the show can be spotlighted by that wonderful algorithm and be exposed to more people. You can find all of this information along with exclusive playlists created by myself by clicking the link that's in the episode's notes. So that's all for today. Talk to you soon. Peace.